Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's the Miss Experience. Welcome to another show where it's going to be Bigger topic, any topic we prepared, we ain't scared, we just, uh, we be talking sex, lies, yeah, whatever. Uh, My homie JT, B&B Sports Center. Yeah. Miss Lee bringing guests after guests after guests. And we gonna competition. We demand our respect. Check out the, check out the, check, yeah, we eat. This ain't a podcast, this is the life that we lead. From relationships, politics, you hear it all here. Got stilettos and combos and fashion right here. If you want us all the lead, hit her right, right, we. Or you can download on iTunes, you know she that Got a show on YouTube and all, man, I swear she the sh- My homie T-Way with up, no, we up in this bitch. Feeling champagne celebrating this year. The next year, at the next year, at the next year, at the next year, at the next, next, next year. For the Miss Lee experience. Oh. Whoa. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mystery Experience on this sunny, warm, feel-good Friday night. (laughs) I hope you're having a wonderful day. I hope you guys had a wonderful week. It's been a week. (laughs) That is the best way I can describe this week. It has been a week, but guess what? We have survived. We have made it through. We are here to make moves and, and smile and be and just be the people that God created us to be. So I hope you're ready for a show that's going to be pretty insightful. Um, it might be a little emotional. It might be a little awakening, you might have some awakening moments, Um, and even though the topic is, can be a little dim, it'll be a little dreary, um, I'm going to try to keep the music upbeat as you hear Stevie Wonder playing in the background, just to kind of keep it, keep it a little light, because we don't want to get too deep when we're talking about such a a difficult, um, emotional, sensitive topic. Like mental health. So I hope you guys are ready for the topic. Let's get the logistics off the way. Uh, go ahead and connect with the show on Facebook. Go ahead and like Miss Lee, M I S S L E E, on Facebook. Go ahead and like and follow uh, me on Instagram. It's just Miss Lee on the gram, just Miss Lee on Twitter, as well as the boys, T and JT, they're also on the gram. Uh, go ahead and follow uh, T, T Wake, T E E W A K E on the gram, and J T N Y G 970 on Twitter and Instagram. So you can connect with the show. If you would like to say something, be open, honest, positive, just kind of share your perspective on tonight's topic, please do so. Call in 347 is the number. 
Uh, press one. I'll see you. I'll bring you on, and we can make her do what her do. <laughs> so um, this topic was something that I've been wanting to have on the show for a while. I, I don't think I've ever done a show topic when I had stilettos and convos with Miss Lee. Um, I don't think I've ever talked about mental health mental health um, on a level of just uh, putting knowledge out there, bringing light to it. Um, and it's something that I think is very, very important to discuss, especially since there's a lot of people out here suffering, struggling, dealing, going through changes, um, growing, evolving, experiences are happening which is causing some of us to struggle in expressing our emotions. We have children that, that's dealing with different aspects of mental health. Um, you know, there's just so many layers to this topic, especially with all of the influences going on out there with social media. Social media, I think, is a huge component of how we engage and interact and deal with mental health. So it's important that we communicate and, and talk through the the levels of mental health. So I, I like to bring it on an educational tip because it's very important that we understand what it is. So what is mental health? So I'm, I'm on mentalhealth.gov, okay? There's a website for all of this. Resources are out there, uh, you know, for us to, to get the knowledge and our tool belt. So what is mental health? And I'm just going to read it verbatim all for the site, mentalhealth.gov. So while, you know, if you're up, you want to go there with me, you can listen on your computer, go to the website, read it out, see what the resources are, you know, and kind of get, get it going. So and talking about mental health, what is it? Mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. Mental health is important in every stage of life, from childhood and adolescence to adulthood. So there's some factors that could be including and attributing to mental health, biological factors, brain chemistry, genetics. You know, so that relates to individuals that might have bipolar depression, uh, uh, you know, schizophrenia, you know, all kinds of um Alcoholism can, can have a little a piece of the mental health uh, strain. Uh, life experiences such as trauma or abuse and family history of mental health problems, you know. So, so that's what mental health is in a nutshell. And when we're talking about this topic of mental health, one of the items that I want to talk through, um, because we did lose two individuals to suicide within the last two weeks. Yeah, I think two weeks. Um, and these two people were very, very well known. These individuals were wealthy in the media. You know what I'm saying? Um, they were very, very influential in, in the products and services that they touched and provided and um, inspired people to try new things and express style and you know, people looking in might think, hey, they have it all together. Why would they take their lives? And, oh, what's going on? Or what's the underlying factor? You know, and I'm talking about Kate Spade 
and Anthony Bourdain. They committed suicide. And they, to the outside looking in, they were seen as positive, influential, you know, um, outgoing or reserved or, you know, full of life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they took their lives. And sometimes you can't get into the brain of what people are thinking, what they're going through, what uh, what's really happening. And when we talk through, you know, we look at the the people who were wealthy and famous and 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 people that took their lives and people that struggled, you know, with life and struggled with situations. Um, you know, it's 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 a little crazy to kinda of how you sit back and think about who these people were and why did they do this. You know, even when you look back to most recently, what, a couple of years ago, Robin Williams, you know, killed himself, you know, and he was a comedian who inspired laughter amongst other people. Back in the day, Kurt Cobain, you know, shot himself, wrote a suicide note, you know, a great, uh, the frontman of Nirvana, you know, took his life. Uh, football player, uh, Jovan Bletcher, he was 25 years old. He shot his girlfriend and then killed himself and couldn't deal with it. Some childhood stars, John Cornelius, um, killed himself. And he had seizures and mental health. And, you know, uh, just recently, what, a couple years ago, the, the Disney star, Lee Thompson Young, he shot himself, didn't leave a note. Uh, I mean, just, just these, there's a lot of individuals that just struggle, you know, and it just kind of makes you sad. Kind of makes you sad. So let's talk through, and tonight, so I want, I want to talk through some, some ways that we can uncover how we can provide help, how we can um, pay attention to the signs, how we can move forward how we can help those dealing with some mental depressions and anxiety. I mean, there's so many layers to the coin that we can talk through and, and kind of make, save a life, you know, and say something. So when we come back, you know, I, I do want to, oh, before we come back, I just want to put this out there. I might be a little bit uh, open, <laughs> vulnerable, um, you know, and, and sharing some of my own personal experiences with mental health as well because gotta learn, gotta see. You know, it it, it could be the first to right next to you. You don't know what people are going through and what they're dealing with. So we're gonna keep it moving. We're gonna talk through this topic. Um I wanna hear what you have to say. I'm gonna be posting questions and messages and things on social media. So be sure to comment. Let me know what your thoughts are. I'm gonna read them all on the air. So in this life, we're going to talk and have upbeat music. We're going to, you know, keep you going and, and keep it fluffy. So first up, we'll be back after Neo, Champagne Life. It's the Mystery Experience. I'm your girl, Miss Lee. Take JT and T. We'll be back. 
Yes. It was a beautiful day. It's going to be a beautiful night. Break out the champagne. Everybody get a glass. Let's start it off sexy. What do you say? Uh-huh. And all the ladies say. And all the ladies say. I think I like that. And all the ladies say. Welcome to the champagne life. Where trouble is a bubble in a champagne glass. Dreams and reality are one and the same. And we gonna do it like this.
Neo Champagne Life. It's your girl, Miss Bray. We're talking about a conversation on mental health. And in this conversation, I want to just talk through some elements and, and layers and um, items that might be impacting and affecting um, some of us. I posted on social media just in a, a basic awareness question. And I want to know what your thoughts are um, on the question. So what I posted on social media is how many people do you think are struggling with depression around you and may not say anything to you? So that's a comment. Uh, I want to know what your thoughts are. Please leave your point of view on social media. I will read them and, and make your voice be known. So the first component I want to talk about is depression. There's so many layers of depression that are impacting and affecting so many people in so many ways. And um, But the National Institute of Mental Health defines this as a mood disorder. And it affects how you feel, how you think, how you act, you know, when it comes to how you sleep, eating, working. You know, there's different uh, side effects and symptoms. And based off of this website, they're saying that this can be present for at least two weeks in order to be, well, it, it must be present to be, to be known as being depressed, right? So it's a two-week long-going uh, situation where your symptoms are going on and on for two weeks or longer. So in, in the descriptions of the various depressions that are impacting people, we have postpartum depression, which a lot of women go through this level of depression when they have a child. Um, you know, it, 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 it's during pregnancy. It could be after pregnancy. Um, they have feelings of sadness, anxiety, exhaustion. You know, they just they don't want to do daily activities to make sure that they're taken care of or even taking care of their baby. You know, they might neglect themselves, neglect the child, they go through group swings, they might cry. It's, it's a struggle time for a lot of individuals who are dealing with postpartum depression. You know, think about it. There's a woman who just gives birth to a life <laughs> out of their body. Their hormones are all over the place. There's just, it's a new change. It's a new person they're responsible for. It might be a stressful time. The pregnancy might have been stressful. You know, it's, it's a new ad- adaptation to the life of of that that person, you know. So postpartum is a common uh, item of depression that a lot of women do go through. So another mode, uh, uh, element of depression is seasonal affective disorder. So now this is interesting because when I read this and saw the information about it, I was like, huh. When the seasons change, does it really affect my mood? But there's an actual disorder that speaks specifically to this. So, this is the onset of depression in the winter when there's no sunlight. Winter depression is by withdrawal socially, you sleep more, you gain more weight, and it comes back every year. So you guys know anyone that when it gets cold, they just go into a hermit mode and they're not active, they don't want to do anything, they might just want to sleep and cuddle, just watch TV, 
you know, and then when it's sunny outside, they get a boost of energy. When they know that spring is coming, they're just flying out like a butterfly, <laughs> you know. That's a thing. And I know uh, just recently in, in, in the DMV area, it was raining like all the time. And people were just cranky and moody and just irritable and sad. And, you know, it was just a lot going on. And then when the sun came out, people were vibrant. And, you know, and it's, and it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a little biblical, and this is just my take on it, and you don't have to take this as golden, but this is just my mislead in person, you know, interpretation. When, you, you know, when Adam was created from the dirt, right? God created Adam from the dirt and formed his body in the image that, you know, God wanted him to be, you know, and what he saw himself. So, coming from the earth and creating a person, you're connected with nature. So, I think it's interesting that when we feel the way that we feel when it's sunny, when it's rainy, when it's snowy, when it's windy, you know, we feed off of that energy because genetically, we originated from the earth because God created us that way. And God created the heavens and the earth. It's all a cycle in which we connect back. So, to me, seasonal affective disorder is a natural thing, but not, you know, a, it shouldn't be like a, a prohibiting thing. To, I mean, because you got to enjoy winter. At the end of the day, it's snowing, it's pretty, it's Christmas. It's, you know, it's, it's, you know, you don't want to fully hibernate. <laughs> You might want to, but the fact that we're connected to it, I think, is a very, very deep thing. I think it's it, it speaks volumes to how we're connected to the earth and how we're connected to the sun and why we need vitamin D in the sunlight, why we need to be in the shade and 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 you know get the breeze. And I think it does something to it. So, so, so I'm he has I'm easing my way to the 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 grad the. The severe cases of depression. So we talked about postpartum. We talked about seasonal affective. So now let's talk about persistent depressive disorder. And this is called dyspnea. So this is a, a depression that lasts for two years. Um, and it's persistent uh, major periods of, of less severe symptoms. So it's like this move just happens years at a time, and they go through these symptoms and changes where they just uh, are just constantly sad, constantly going through the modes of constantly going through the changes. This is a mental, a mental thing, you know. And two years, it, and that's the least amount of time that this will last. And if the symptoms aren't severe, but they're they're moderate and they're mild, and this might be something where a lot of our people that are walking around and you don't know that they're going through this, but they are, and they don't know how to talk about it. They don't know who to talk to. They don't know if they're going to be judged or critiqued or told that they should feel this way, you know, or or they're just kind of fake smiles to keep from crying and. and they're just they they're just trying to figure out themselves, but they don't. They might not know why they feel the way that they feel. 
because they don't have an outlet or a way to express themselves. You know, it's, it's you know, but the, the minimum amount of time that someone can deal with this is two years. That's a long time. That's a real long time. You know, but it's, it's just, it's interesting, right? So, you know, that's just a smile behind the, the, the smile in front of the set, the front. You know, it, it's just impacting them in different ways, right? So, then, we're going to go with bipolar because that's a lot of individuals are now being diagnosed with being bipolar. And this is a little bit different than depression because they have episodes where it could be hourly, it could be monthly, it could be weekly, it could be daily. It could just be all different elements of the mood, the mood changes. Okay, so it's because they can go high and low, high and low. They're on 100, and then they're on two, 120. Then they're on 500, and then they're on 50. Like, it's, it's a high and low, and they can be euphoric or irritable or sad and unhappy if they're just all over, and they can't balance it out. And there's a lot of uh, studies out there to treat and help people that are bipolar, uh, depressed, uh, or have a bipolar disorder. There's medicine, you know, but it's, it's, it's something that some of these individuals who struggle with this, they can't control, you know, they, they can't, they can't control it, you know, and, and you don't know how to deal with it because you're like, wow, you were just cool like five minutes ago. Now, where did it come from? Like, you just go from zero to a hundred, like constantly. And it's not just having an attitude of a 100. It's like completely different changes in mood, you know, from one to the other, right? And then the heaviest level of this type of depression in this conversation that we're having on mental health is psychotic depression. So they haven't, this person is having delusions. They're seeing hallucinations. They, they have delusions of being uh, poor or being sick when they're not or guilty for things that they shouldn't be guilty. Their 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 beliefs are just warped and, and they're just in this they they have a severe depression but then they're also seeing and feeling and thinking things and they don't know why they're thinking, seeing and feeling and and and, and it's abnormal, you know, and, and they're trying to cope and understand but they still believe it. But they don't know why they believe it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's just all kinds of stuff that's happening you know, with this person that is dealing with psychotic depression. You know, psychologically, they're just, like, not really there. But they believe they're there. But to us, they're not. It's just making it up in your head, you know? So see how different varieties of depression can impact someone, you know? And when we're talking about the symptoms, when we talk through it, you know, what are the symptoms? What are we looking for? Because it's very important and it bothers me when someone kills themselves or commits suicide or takes their life or, or you know, tries to commit suicide. We then start posting, you know, help someone, save someone, call the number, there's resources, check on your friends. We do all of this <laughs> when it happens, but we missed it prior to it happening, you know, and it's like, how do we be great human beings 
but still not judge, but still be empathetic to someone going through a moment where their their mood is off or they're feeling things that they shouldn't feel, right? So what do we look for, right? So how do we how do we take notice of this? So some signs and symptoms, and this again is on um, nmih.nih.gov, right? So they might be irritable, they might feel hopeless, or have a negative attitude about everything. Just hopeless and negative, hopeless and negative. Like there's a woe is me, I can't, this can't, we can't, she can't, I can't, they can't, we ain't. Like it's just negative and it's just, that's just, just nothing positive is coming from this individual. They might feel guilt. They don't feel worthy of things. They're beating themselves up all the time. Uh, they are helpless all the time. You know, they don't have the energy to move forward. They're just, eh. They might procrastinate all the time. Uh, they might have physical decrease, decreased energy and sleep all the time. All the time. They just in the bed, laying down, going to sleep. No energy. I don't feel like doing this. I'm tired. I, you know, that's different than, like, I don't want you guys to, to mix this up with someone that might be just drained due to a medical condition, like anemia, or maybe going through chemotherapy, or they just woke a lot of hours and they're just tired. Like, that's so completely different than someone who's just always tired. They don't have the energy or momentum to do anything to move forward. They might feel reckless. They don't want to sit. They can't sit still. They always got to be something. They keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. You know, they can't sit still. Something's going on. They got to keep moving. They, they can't take a moment and just breathe. <laughs> you know, I, I, I felt tired just talking about that. Just for real, for real. They might not sleep. I have a lot of Facebook friends. Uh, I hope some of them are listening to the show. What's up, y'all? That are always on Facebook like, I can't sleep. I'm up again. Night owl. I'm always up. Like, their brains just can't stop moving. They're always going. They can't find a sense of peace or restlessness. Uh, they wake up multiple times. They wake up too early. They oversleep. But sleeping just isn't quite happening to be conducive with their body. Uh, They're sad or anxious. They can't concentrate. They can't remember things. They can't make decisions. They might even have appetite or weight changes constantly up and down with their weight because they're eating or they're not eating or they're eating too much or they eat, you know, it's all of these various changes that can impact someone who's depressed. So I wanted to talk about depression because I, I believe that depression in some communities is the one diagnosis that some cultures don't believe in. Some cultures like, what? You ain't depressed. That's life. Get your life. You know, uh, why you feel that way? You know, you got this going for you. Just, girl, just get over that. Like, what's wrong with you? A lot of judgmental people can help enhance the feelings that someone might be feeling. 
especially in some African-American communities. I mean, I could speak that. I'm African-American. A lot of people, a lot of African-Americans, a lot of our people don't believe in depression. They're like, your life is hard. Suck that shit up and get to life. <laughs> you know, and, and, and the reality is, no, your feelings are valid. How you feel is how you feel. What you're going through is what you're going through. And sometimes a lot of people of color don't realize they're depressed because they think it's normal. They think that, hey, I have to keep moving. I can't think. I got to just keep thinking. I got to keep moving. I got to keep, you know, hustling. I got to keep. I just got to keep, keep, keep. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's interesting as to if you look back at how it's dealt with and how people cope and how people move forward, uh, how cultures react to it differently. You know? But there's so many things to look for when we're talking about the signs and the symptoms. And there's, there's treatment, there's therapy, uh, there's medication. You know, it's a combination of the two. And not all things can work for everybody. There's antidepressants, there's uppers, there's downers, there's all kinds of things that can assist. And these items of depression, these, these symptoms, so I don't want you guys to think that it's only adults. Children go through this too. There's a whole section on children and depression. Think of the stress that kids have to go through. A lot of children are competing with their fellow classmates. There might be different family dynamics that they're having difficulty expressing. They might be compared to other kids in the family. They might be down by their their family members, their mother, their father, their sisters, their brothers. You know, there's just so many layers that can impact the feeling of a child and how it impacts them. And you have to be aware as a parent to balance out the parenting because at the end of the day, they're little people. And if you go hard on a grown-up about why they're feeling that way, you can't do that to a child because they're going to process it very, very differently. So, you know, that's just one aspect of mental health, man, depression. And when we come back, I'm just going to share a little bit about myself so that, you know, we can go through this because I'm a firm believer of the testimony getting you through. Your testimony is what helps someone else excel, is what helps someone else prevail and, and share those stories out to ensure that you can help someone else. So when we keep things to ourselves, yeah, you might be pride, you might have pride and shame and doubt and fear, but sometimes sharing out that testimony can help save someone else's life. So I'm going to share some things about myself when we come back on the show. Hope you guys are enjoying the knowledge, the information. I'm hoping to educate you a little bit because this topic is serious. But we also want to make sure that it's not seen as a judgmental zone because that's not what this topic is meant to be. This is a straight-up conversation on depression. So I want to know your thoughts. We'll be back. I'm going to play some of my favorite songs. You know, this is one of my favorite, favorite songs that I listen to when I'm in a zone and I'm just like, it boosts my mood immediately because music is the key to boost the mood, get the feeling in the right place. So this is T.I., you know, about the money. Cause my, I heard it on the radio the other day. I got so hyped. So I had to play it tonight. T.I., it ain't about the money. Be back. It's Miss Lee. 
cause I tell on these bitches Hey, when it's about time to pay, I'ma bet on these bitches Aight, 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 what's that we in the neighborhood for? Standing at the cone store with a pocket full of dough I be damned if a nigga wipe a hood, ho Learned that from UGK, back a pocket full of stone, nigga Tia, 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 Tia. Then about the money. I'm telling you, I don't know what it is about that song, but when I hear it, it just, you know what? I know what that song does to me. That song is just sick. Don't be calling my line, wasting my time. If it ain't about the money, you can miss me with it. You can miss me with it. Like, it's just something about that song. Like, you, you calling me. Just, just talking trash, talking about it. Like, I don't want to hear it. Let's just get this. Hate. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, man. I'm, I, I got so excited, my earphones just dropped out of my ear. But, yeah, man, I'm just saying, like, that song just does it to me. Everybody has that one ratchet song that just be like, yo, don't be good, man. You know, it's just, it just does it. It's Miss Lee. It's a Miss Experience. Welcome back. We're talking about a conversation about depression. And before I play T.I. if it ain't about the money, I mentioned that I wanted to just be a little open, be a little testimonial with you all. Because guess what? We learn from each other. And if you don't know, uh, you know, from the people that you listen to every week or sit next to, you might not learn ways to help someone else. So, I can say, and I'm open and honest about it, and this is one of the movements that I have in creating awareness to people that suffer and deal with depression. I suffer from it, and it's so much better than it was, Uh, and I got help that I needed, and I didn't know that I was depressed, and that's the thing. A lot of people don't know they're depressed until you're at a moment where your body when people around you notice things, when people, uh, when you ask, you're asked questions and you're like, what? Like you, because you're in your own space. You're in your own brain. You know, you don't have that outside perspective of what's happening that you break down and you don't know why. You're like, what is wrong? Why am I this way? Oh, oh, oh. Jesus, God, uh, who? You know, you just go through these moments of questions. So about five, six-ish years ago, you know, and I don't know, five, six years ago was when I came face-to-face with my depression and my anxiety. So it's two, depression, anxiety, that's both of my struggles, you know, and sometimes they... One is stronger than the other. One is they're both working together. So five or six years ago, um, I really came face to face with my situation, right? And I didn't understand why. I didn't know where it came from. But I hit a moment where it was causing severe stress and chaos in my body. And in that situation, it started to scare me where I was running to the hospital (laughs) you know like it was affecting my body because I would get very anxious like I would get my heart would beat really really fast and I wouldn't be able to breathe and I would cry and I couldn't be able to think and I would panic 
You know what I'm saying? And it was like, oh my God, what? Oh, Jesus, God. You know, so then it was like an upper. I was high and this and that. And, and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I gotta keep going. Oh my God, I can't sleep. Oh my God, I can't do this. I gotta go, 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 go. Like, I was just, and, and then I was also anticipating something happening. And I didn't know why. I was like, I gotta be prepared. I gotta be prepared. Like, it was just all of this happening. And, and then it was like, but why? But I don't like it. I don't want to. Like, I was going through a, an internal struggle. So I was at work, and I had three panic anxiety attacks that were like heart attacks. And I went to the ER, and they were like, you are suffering. Like, I couldn't breathe. My heart, I was going blurry. It, it, was, it was scary. And I was driving when I had the last, I had three anxiety attacks at the third one. I went to the ER, and I was like, yo, something's wrong. I can't see. I lost my vision in one eye. Like, it was just like something is off. So, in the ER, when I went, the doctor was like, this is a severe anxiety attack. And your body is is struggling with trying to process the emotional uh, tension that's happening. You know, it, it was, I couldn't control the feelings that I had. I couldn't concentrate. I was irritable. I was just restless. I wasn't sleeping. I, I think I would sleep like three hours a night and would be up. I don't know why I'm up. And I wouldn't remember if I ate. Like, it was just crazy, crazy, crazy. But it was my lifestyle. Um, it was my lifestyle. I would work all the time. I would travel and work and travel and work and work and work and travel and work. I didn't see my family. It was just crazy. So my mind was moving at a space that my body couldn't catch up with. And my body was trying to catch up when my brain was trying to slow down. So I, 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 I took it upon myself to go ahead and seek help. So I saw a, a therapist, I saw a psychiatrist, and I saw a spiritual counselor. So I had three different doctor's appointments, three appointments at one time to get this together. So, of course, the, the, the psychiatrist is going to put you on medication. They can prescribe medication to help help the chemical imbalance that's happening to get you to be at the point where you can't function, right, and, and mellow out the mood or, or speed up the mood if it's too slow. So I saw the psychiatrist, and we talked as well, and she checked my progress and, and all of that. And then I saw a therapist who gave me practical skills to help me move forward. And, and cope and adjust and change and tweak. And then I saw a spiritual, because I am a very spiritual person. I think I am. I try to be. I, you know, I grew up believing in God, and, 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 and I felt that I needed a godly perspective, and I needed to have that three-way balance over my life. And that might not work for everybody, but it worked for me because I knew that I didn't want to be on Paxil and Xanax. I didn't. That's not my, I didn't want to be on that forever. I needed that for the temporary to cope. But I didn't want to depend on it forever. And those, those, it, it took like six months, 90 days or six months. And I tell you, when I look back in, in, in those coaching, in those sessions that I had in, in dealing and coping with the, the elements of de- depression and anxiety, 
I really had to go deep in some very deep conversations and have to have some honest honesty about my feelings and, and express the trends and the patterns of my life. Where the spiritual coach is able to pull out, hey, it seems like three events. These things have happened to you, which has caused you to be reactive to this, 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 which is causing this, which is causing that, which is making this happen, and which is doing this, that. Like, it was an ongoing um, pattern that was, I didn't know existed. And then the therapist kind of bounced off of that. Like, it, and they all didn't know each other. They all were three different women that all were able to, to, to bring me through and, and, and make things happen the way that it did. But the thing I realized is that your life is what shapes you to be who you are, right? And your experiences cause you to grow and evolve to the person that you are going to be, right? So in breaking apart those patterns, those trends in my life, dealing with self-image, dealing with acceptance, dealing with bullying, dealing with uh, being a child of a divorced family, you know, mother and father, then, you know, it, it was so many elements that led up to why I was feeling this way that I felt that I had to keep going and stop thinking. And in that habit, I neglected my, my health. I neglected my home. I neglected my body. I, I slept. I didn't want lights on. And I didn't know why. It was normal. Like, I didn't want to cut lights on. I didn't want to clean. I was like, man, whatever. Like, I just got to keep going. Like, I just didn't want to slow down to do those things because I think it was high. I was hiding behind the junk, right? So that's just my, my little testimony. I'm way better than I was five years ago. And I made a promise to myself that I would not go back to that way. And yes, when you, I don't know if someone can be fully healed of it, uh, but there are moments where I have moments where I'm just like, I just want to go to bed. I don't want to think. I don't want to talk. I want to show everybody out. I don't want to talk. But then I know I made a, a commitment to myself that I won't stay in that. You know, I, um, I, I need to take that time for myself to have people around me that will help cultivate the greatness that I have. And I'm thankful that I have those people around me now that I didn't have before. And the interesting thing about that is, ladies and gentlemen, is sometimes it's not your family that can do that for you. Your family knows you. They see what's best for you. They want you to be great. But sometimes they can't put themselves and be empathetic in your shoes to, to get you out and through and moving forward. So, I say that to say, you really have to be cognizant of the people you put in your in your life. You put in your life. Don't let people put you put them in your life. You need to put people <laughs> in your life because if you don't, you will be surprised how those cancers can impact how you live, how you breathe, how you move, how you think, how you feel. And I had people in my life that didn't give me my positive deposits. Uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, those deposits, they were just withdrawing from me and not giving me stuff. And in a relationship, it's like you got to do a positive deposit, you know, a withdrawal, a deposit, a withdrawal. If you can't do withdrawal, 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 no deposit, because then it's not helping you be better. So if you are listening and you are struggling and dealing, I just want you to know it is okay. But just know what kind of treatment works for you and be open 
to all different types of methods and practices to get you through anxiety, to get you through depression, to get you through schizophrenia, to get you through mental health because you don't understand how many people next to you that are watching and they might be feeling the same way, but they look up to you. And that might be your saving angel. You see what I'm saying? So, with that being said, we're going to take another break. We're going to play some more music to get the flow, get the juices going, some more positive music as we continue and move forward on tonight's show. And this is one of the songs, and I think this is perfect time. This is one of the songs that I listen to, like, every day when I was in my darkest, darkest, darkest moments. And this song kept me crying. It, it, it gave me tears, but tears of joy. It gave me hope. Um... It gave me the motivation to keep going, and I'm so thankful that the artist who made this song made this song because if I ever met this artist, I pray one day I can interview this person because I just want to thank this person and the people who helped create this song to help me get out of my dark place, you know, and now when I listen to it, I remember where I was, and I remember how far I need to go, and I remember that I'm still a work in progress. I'm not perfect. And I still listen to this song when I'm having my dark moments, and they still happen. <laughs> and I'm okay with those moments still happening because that's what I am who he made me to be. So this is Kirk Franklin. I smile. And I hope this song touches you like it touched me as we have this conversation on mental health. It's missing the mental experience. We'll be back. Depression and unemployment. This song is for you. Today's a new day. Hurt y'all, but still, I 
right now. I know a guy uh, that I went to high school with that was fortunate enough to be at Prince's last uh, concert in Atlanta. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He was at the, he, he saw Prince's last performance before he died. Oh my goodness. 
y'all know that's how crazy, I feel about prayer. Though. I was hating yeah. so yeah. much, but yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, yeah, I gotta see Stevie. Um, you know, he's one of those greats, man. That's like, you know, hits the days, like, just all kinds of stuff. I got to see I got to see one of my favorite all time. I got to see the OJs years ago. I got to see them. Didn't you? And oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Did we cry? cry? Yo, that is my yeah, all that. That's my favorite OJ song, yo, no lie. Yeah. Yo, my darling, darling baby. Yeah, he killed all of them. He killed all of them. <laughs> Oh, actually, in that one, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, in that one concert, I saw the OJs, the Whispers, and Stephanie Mills in that one concert. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's classic right there. Yeah. Because you already know. You already know. When the Whispers came on, I was waiting for my song, People are loving me, loving me. <laughs> that's my song. I love that song. I love yeah. it. You know, yeah, man. I, it's, it's just classic, Love. man. Those songs. They just do songs. Like, all up in the roots. Yes, spirit. <sighs> JT, man. But, you know, you know, I mentioned, you know, earlier in the show that we lost two very well-known people to suicide. And I mentioned that, and I know you probably going to relate to me on this. But I said that I'm tired of people posting things on social media after the fact. So, like, we'll hear, oh, if you know something, if you know somebody said, save them. Or, you know, we'll post all this stuff before, after something devastating happens, but not before. And it kind of, it bothers me. Like, what do you think when it comes to, like, issues like, you know, depression, anxiety, like domestic violence. Like when it, when the incident happens, we then post about it and talk about it, but before we don't say nothing. Like, does that piss you off? Like, it pisses me off because it does. You know, it, let's take one the depression thing. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, depression is. A big thing these days is anxiety or whatever. I I don't want to sound insensitive to the people going through it, mm-hmm. but I don't understand depression. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. Okay. And, I, and when I say I don't understand it, I'm depressed all the time. I'm broke all the time. <laughs> but what? But but no, I'm depressed all the time. But how are you, how you depressed I, all the time but don't understand it? I'm so confused. Because what I don't understand is how it becomes crippling to where you can't move and get out of bed and all that. I, I don't understand that. Ah. Uh, um, okay. I, I, I don't understand it. I don't have the luxury to do that. I have kids I have to provide for. So my mind is like, okay, I'm depressed, but um, I got stuff to do. Listen, again... I'm not trying to be sensitive to people going through this. I just don't understand it, how right. this happens because, you know, I'm trying to get a job. I don't get it. Or, I mean, I'm, I'm three months behind in bills. I look, listen, listen, I'm going through a divorce right now. So, 
Yeah, it's a depressing situation, but I don't feel like um I I I my you know, the world is over. Yeah. So And you, you know, know Yeah. It, 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 so when I hear these people, you know, taking their life because of depression, I, I don't understand it. I would like to understand it, but I, I don't I don't get it. Yeah. It's, you know what, JT, that's an honest and real um, perspective. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of people don't understand, and I think... I mentioned earlier in the show, like, there are different levels of it and different diagnoses and, and all of that. And each person handles things differently, and I think that's what makes us all so different. And have I been in a situation where I just wanted to lay in the bed all the time? Absolutely. Have I? Absolutely. Yeah, we all have. You know, and I, exactly. and, I, and I... We all have. And I've been there. And yeah. I and it's like yeah you gotta go to work but you rather be in the bed and you don't wanna you don't wanna interact you don't wanna engage because you don't you, you don't know why because it's mainly like it's a it's an emotional imbalance and 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 until you get help and be around the right people you don't some people don't realize that they're depressed like I know for for me. Like I mentioned on the show, like I didn't know that I was dealing with it until I was I talked to somebody about it. Like I talked to, I think I was, I was in the hospital, like and I had an anxiety attack, and they were like they were asking me basic questions, and I was like I don't understand, I can't answer that question, I couldn't focus, and they were like, huh, have you ever seen a therapist? And I was like, uh, no, you know, and it was like I didn't know, and then when I took the extra step to see the therapist, the psychiatrist, or the spiritual advisor. I then was like, oh, yeah, I'm really, I got some shit going on. Like, I need to get this, <laughs> I need to get this under control. So I think some people don't realize it. I know I didn't from my own personal experience. Yeah, some people I do, but. That. Listen, I know, I say right now, I'm depressed AF, as they say. But, well, whatever, I got stuff to do. I ain't got time to be sitting in mobile out. Bills don't get paid that way. See, that's how my mind, I guess, approaches yeah. it. So, but that's why I say I don't understand. It's like, you know, uh, like I work in the human service department. I've been working right. in the human service for 18 years. I done dealt with everything from cerebral palsy to dementia to autism and all of that. I've uh-huh. never dealt with somebody coming in with depression. Okay. Because in my mind, it's like depression is everyday, everyday shit. Things go wrong. You get depressed about it. You figure it out. You move on. But apparently, it's way more than that. Again, I am not insensitive to it. I don't understand it. I'll be the first to tell you I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? So I would love for somebody who's truly, truly in this, I guess, a severe state of depression, to please give me, you know, what this is like. Because I, I just don't understand. Because my level of depression is like, you know, okay, three months behind on these bills, everybody hate me. 
divorce, kids get on my nerves. Like, is anything going the right? I'm depressed as hell. I guess that is, I don't know, is that a minor case of depression? Is that a normal, everyday, jolt case of depression? I have no idea how this is categorized. Not a clue. So, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. And 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 I read out um, for those that are disciplined. So it's good that you're asking this question because I can recap the symptoms and 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 there's minimal levels and you know major, and it's like you you're hopeless all the time. You're you're negative with your thoughts. You're irritable. You have guilt. Um, less energy. You move and take your time slow. Weight changes, you don't sleep, you oversleep, you can't concentrate, um, you're sad or anxious, or you just don't have a feeling. Like, you just don't have a mood. You don't, you don't have a description. You know how, like, have you ever asked someone how you feel? They're like, eh. You know, like, they just know, eh. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have a description of how so they feel. So that's the definition like, of yeah. depression right there? No, those are the symptoms. Those are the symptoms. That's the old. I got that shit every day, so I, I guess I'm the best <laughs> one. <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> yeah, those are those are the symptoms. Those are some of the symptoms. Um, weight changes, appetite, not sleeping, restless, can't sit still. Uh, you check, don't have interest in check. hobbies. You don't have interest in activities. Uh, you feel worthless, guilty. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. Irritable. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you know what? And you know what, JC? Like in your, I mean, and maybe I'm not like a, di- a, a diagnostic doctor that specializes in this, but on the on on the website for mental health, like it varies from people. And some people function until their body just wears out. And it happens at different times. Like I was saying earlier on the show, for those that are just tuning in, like I was just functioning. Like I didn't know until my body was like, this. <laughs> See, and I think that's and I was what like, my oh. issue. I think that was like, me. I, I, I don't think know. my mind would break. Yeah, I don't, my body would break down before my mind will. Because my mind yeah, tells like, me, I, like, yo, bruh. You got stuff to do. Like, we ain't got time to be sitting here doing this. Like, let's go. But I'm going through all these things. And my body's like, yo, um, my man, uh, you going through this here. But um, uh, old body, need some love. And I'm like, man, yeah. whatever, bro. Ain't nobody got whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Because, like, dude, yeah. Y'all, y'all know I was working out, dropped mad weight and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yup. Next thing I know is trying to get complacent. I done put eight pounds back on. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, uh-uh. See? See? Yeah. See? See? Mm-mm. Can't do that. And then yeah. I'm, you know, so I got to I gotta keep back on the grind. But yeah, I, you know, I just don't it, get it, it man. And that's the thing. Like, my body, my body caught up to my mind. And then when that happened, I said, okay, this isn't working. You know? Like, yeah. I need to change. Something needs to give. And I think, and I, and I mentioned, like, I don't know if there's an ultimate cure of it, you know, because I have moments where I, I get to my moments where I just, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. I just, 
cut my, I just, I just sit in the dark. Like, I just be like, I just want to lay in the bed. I don't want to cut TV on. You know, and I get through moments like that where I just want to be by myself. And I just, but my question, my question to that is, my question to that, statement or whatever it is, but is it that life? Is that not life? Because if you don't go have those moments, that means everything is perfect in your life. If you don't go through about first of what you just said at some point. Yeah. So I think that life has a way of causing those feelings. But I would have those moments when everything is fine. And I don't know why. Okay, see, now like, that is yeah. the depression that we're I, talking about here. Yeah, like I, I it, yeah, you, everybody has trials, tribulations, issues, stress, kids fucking up, wives acting like a retard. Like, you know, everybody goes through bills. It's like, there'll be moments, like, I remember specific times where I love, like, I like, well, actually, I love my job. I have money in the bank. I, I travel, like, I had moments, even now, like, it's just a little crazy in my life right now, but I, I still look at the thankfulness of where I've been, and I'm like, okay, I have days where it was a good day, and then I come home and be like, why do I feel like this, and I don't, I can't describe it, and then I think my parents and my sister and my dad, they know, and they're probably listening, like, they'll call me, and then I won't answer, and then, like, they'll text me, and then I won't answer, and then I'll be like, oh, I just ain't feel like it. Like, I just, but I don't know why I didn't want to. It just was like, I just was in a zone, and I just can't. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, right, yeah. It's just weird, but like, but everything's cool. Like, I'm good. I, nothing's wrong. Bills are paid. Like, I'm good. I just, I just feel a sense of. Not emptiness or love. I don't know. It's just a weird. Like you can't describe it. So I think when people I know are exactly depressed, yeah, like it's you. It's not an event that causes it. You just don't know why you feel that way, and you can't describe it. But the only reason why I'm aware of it is because I got help before to deal with it. So now I know. Oh yeah, I'm mm. having a moment, and then I just I just go through my moment, and it might take a day or two. Uh, and then I'll be at work, and people will be like, you, you're quiet today. And like, yep, I don't have, I just, I, I don't have energy. Like, I don't, I can't, and it might not be nothing physical. I can have a good moment. Like, it's just, I don't have a description. But and that's where that level of depression is. It's not the effects of life going on. You could be in a great space but still feel like something, I feel, I don't feel worthy. I don't, I, something off, and you don't know why. <clears throat> And that's the part that I think when you're you're saying, well, I don't know how people feel that way. Like, I don't think they know, because the Lord knows I don't know. (laughs) This is one question that I I have one more question. I want to know, has this, what is the suicide rate as of 2018, you know, versus the past 40 years? I want to know if it's higher, lower, the same. I want to know. I want to know if it's higher now. Than the, is it, you know, versus 1960? Or, you know, let's see, let's see, let's I see. Want, I want to know 
think I'm, people are, are committing more suicide or less. I'm looking at it now. Great question, JT. I'm pulling it up. So, there's actually a website on this. Suicide Statistics, American Foundation of Suicide Prevention. So, as of today, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. Each year, 44,000 Americans die by suicide for every 25 attempts. Suicide costs $69 billion a year. And let me see. Okay, firearms are 51%. That's as of 2016. White males account for 7 out of 10 suicides in 2016. And their rate is the highest in the... Yeah. Uh, 7 out of 10 are white males that commit suicide, which is very interesting because if you look at... The different social, socially, culturally, the race, uh, yeah. Uh, well, there's more, there's, more, age, there's more white people in the country than there are anything else, so I, that makes sense to me. That, that, makes kind of, that kind of makes sense to me. So one black, one Spanish, and one Asian person makes up the other three? <laughs> right. Pretty much one out of, yeah, okay. Um, let's see. So you said, uh, let's see, what is this? Suicide rate. So, you know what? And looking, well, this is through 2016 because I guess they are a couple, a year back. So mm-hmm. from 2007, it was like 11 what, 11, 11, well, 111,000 was the rate per, yeah, I think that's what this is. The rate is 10, so yeah, so 11%. And now it's closer to 15 on the scale. So, and now so, so people it's, it's are going up. It's yeah. going up. It's going, it's going up. So in the and past 10 years, it's going up. Yeah. Is going up. Oh, and it's even broken so, down by ethnicity. Okay. So, eight, okay. So, whites are at the top. American Indians are like the roller coaster. They're up and down. Asians and African Americans are at the very bottom. And that's from the year 2000 to 2016. They're at 5. 5%. They're at the bottom. Blacks are below Asian, so we don't take our lives. I guess we like, man, fuck that. Look, niggas been taking our lives since the beginning of the time, since we got here. Our lives have been gotten out of this plan. But, yeah, black black, um, black Americans are the lowest. Then it's Asian and Asian Americans. Then it's American Indians, and then it's white Americans. Yep. Mm. Yeah. 51% so over, so is firearms. Right. 14% is poisoning, 25% is suffocation, and 80% is other other means. I don't know what that, maybe alcohol, yeah. drugs, maybe. Hang, hanging, you know, hanging. things like that, like, you know, yeah. prison, you know, whatever. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got some numbers here. So basically, got some numbers. in the past 10 years, people are 
taking their lives more. Why is that? What is it? What has happened in the past ten years that the numbers are rising with people wanting to die and actually doing it? What is going on? Ah, that's a great question. You know. I wonder, and you know, too, if this is something else with this level of depression and mental health and, and all of that, like, I wonder how influential social media is to that. Because you know how, wasn't it like recently, like, kids have been filming themselves, like, killing themselves on Facebook Live and, you know, all, you know, like, I don't know yo, if the social media a, side yo, has like, something to do with it. Yes. Yeah, why? That's a whole other thing. Like, I don't understand. Like, why are these people publicly killing themselves? Like, I, that I don't. I don't. Yeah. You want the world to see you die? Like, what? What? Okay. I'm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Somebody needs to help me on that one. Because normally. Oh. You, Right, you. Yeah. Now go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say I found I found the new number. I found some new stats too. Ooh. Go ahead. Which is, oh, I'll, where, I'll where, go where we at? Where we at? Talk to me. So, depression affects twenty to twenty-five percent of Americans starting at the age of eighteen in a year. So. Eight, so if you look at the age of eighteen to let's say twenty-five. Those are what he would say. He's not on the show tonight. He's at his uh, what was it, track meet, son track meet, daughter track meet. Yeah. Um. Th- those are millennials from 18 to 25 ish, 30 ish, and they're heavily social media influenced. Right. As opposed to older population. Um. Mm-hmm. And then it says. The 80%, 80 to 90% of people that seek treatment for depression are treated successfully using therapy or medication. And then it says that the majority of individuals who take their lives don't get help for their depression or whatever. So... And, and then it also says there's one suicide for every 25 attempts. So I have 25 people that try one actually succeed. Mm. Interesting. Right. Oh, there's more. Look at you. Go ahead, JT, with the question on the statistics. You know what? Uh, females well, attempt do. suicide three times more than males. That could be a part of the white population because they're they're higher okay. than the others. Uh, right. Females experience depression two times the rate of men, and that could go into the fact because they're also counting postpartum depression or top of the uh, mm-hmm. Okay, right. Yep. And poisoning is the most common method of suicide for females. Okay. And fe- and that- females are more likely to have suicidal thoughts than men are. So, and, and yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, we learn. We 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 we, we learning all the information today. All right. <laughs> yeah, it uh, they didn't break it down on here by age. So twelve and a hundred thousand young adults between the ages of twenty to twenty-four die by suicide. The highest increase is males fifty and up. Fifty and, and up. What? Yeah. So you know that's like retirement. You getting close to retirement, man. You like, man, f this. I can't well, afford this. That's another thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, suicide is the fourth leading cause of death for ages eighteen to sixty-five. That's still that's very high. Like that's like close to three. Suicide rates are the highest among for males among the seventy-five and older. Seventy-five and older. Why are we taking our lives when it's when you in the twilight of it? Like I, I need help. I need clarification on that. You've been yeah, here like, I don't know. Decades upon decades. Yeah, like you, you like maybe you got illnesses. You're like I'm going, I'm going, not gonna be here no way. Like I don't know if it's like her Mhm. Yeah. Um. Oh, this also talks to that age bracket. Suicide rates among the elderly are highest for those who are divorced or widowed. So maybe they don't want to be by themselves they, no more. They don't want to be by themselves, so they like I want to go with her because they've been with them all their life or him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. JT, this is something that I know we've talked about on the show, ladies and gentlemen. We have not had a topic on sexual orientation and gender identity. There's stats on that too, JT, ladies and gentlemen. Um, lesbians, gay, and bisexual kids are three times more likely than straight kids to attempt suicide. That actually makes and sense then, to me. I, and I get it. It's unfortunate, but I yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, African American, and this, this, so this is a flip. Now, this is a difference because we say black, uh, you know, African Americans and, and Latinos and Asians, you know, we're kind of on the low scale, whatever. So African American, Latino, Native American, and Asian American who are lesbian, gay, or bisexual attempt suicide at especially high rates. I completely agree that agree with that with African American family. Yeah, because yeah, African Americans yeah. do not accept outside of normal. We, I don't, our people, uh, it's just. Between the Jesus stuff and the God judgmental stuff, and then you're going to hell stuff and the selfish stuff. So I get that. Let's see. Ah, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was. I thought this had something to say. This is young people who come from families that are lesbian, gay, or bisexual that reject or do not accept them are eight times more likely to accept. Family to to attempt suicide than those of families that accept them, which yeah, that makes, makes sense. sense to me. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh 
But this, I'm glad we had this topic because there's so many articles that were just released like yesterday by the C- CDC on suicide. Like just yesterday, a, a report was was put out like 45,000 Americans up, up until 2016 that were 10 or older died by suicide. Like if your 10 year old is trying to kill themselves, like I I I I don't I don't. I, I can't, there's just babies, but I don't know, I just don't know. <laughs> Yo, listen, first of all, there's, I understand people out here that's, that's going through some stuff. Going yeah. through some stuff. There's kids out here being raped by their moms, dads, and uncles, and, and, and abused, yeah. and all types of bullies, and, you know, yeah. so I understand that. It's just for me. Yeah. When it's the people or the kids that aren't going through any of this at all, yeah. But are depressed yeah. is where I is where my lack of understanding comes in. I get yeah. those kids, you know, the gay kids and that bullied and abused. I that makes clear sense to me. But when you are yeah. just sad and you don't know why all day and nothing and everything is good, that's where I don't understand. I don't get it. I would, would yeah. love to understand and know, but I, I just don't get it. Because my mind is like, yo, you good. What, is, what are you sad about? What is it? But like you said, you know, we all go through it. Like, oh, man, I just don't. Every, this day just feels like, ugh, ugh, ugh. But at some point, <laughs> I, I snap, yeah. you know, but at some point, I snap out of it. Like, yo, I have to wash, I think. I have to go to work. I yeah. need money. But, you know, I guess that's why they call yeah. it mental illness, you know. Yeah. And some people might clean themselves, but their house looks atrocious. Like yeah. It's a show for the outside, but they battle on the inside, you know. Um, and with, um, what's also interesting, and, and just in my therapeutic moments that I've had uh, a lot of well not a lot I would say maybe 15 to 20 ish maybe 30% of my struggle it just stems from childhood Not, I mean, and I'm not trying to say anything bad about how I was raised but you know your parents, parents do what they can do with what they know you know what I'm saying and it's not your fault you know and and some parents don't have that relationship with their children where they can talk to them, where they talk at them or compare them. or And it might not be intentional. It just might be some, some children take one thing and just hold on to that one thing forever, and then it just shapes the thoughts that they have. So when they're young and they hear things, they don't understand why when they're older they reacted the way that they reacted. And that that was one of the findings in myself. When I went to my therapist and my spiritual counselor and my psychiatrist, they when you go to therapy, how, how only these websites they talk about getting help, uh, you know, it's one of those things where they talk back to tell me about your childhood. Like, they, they try to piece it together. So, and it's just some things that how 
I reacted or how I held things in as a child and I didn't express. And sometimes as a parent, you don't know because you don't have a child. Like, you learning this shit as you go. <laughs> you know what listen, I'm saying? Listen. You know what? So I, I, think... I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it like this, mm-hmm. sure. I'm going to say it like this. I suggest everybody out here that's going through something go to therapy. And I'm going to give yes. you my own experience. Yes. I'll give you my own experience of why I say that. It was through therapy that I realized that my greatest strength was my greatest weakness. My family, I always put me on my family. Like, I always want to know I, what they thought. I wanted their approval and everything. They lift me up. They were my backbone. They were my backbone. Yeah. But at the same time, they were my weakness because I put those same exact reasons. Crazy. Yeah. For the reason yeah. they're my strength was the reason that they're my weakness. And I didn't mm-hmm. realize that until therapy. Yep. I'm telling you, I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of therapy. I think people should go at least once or twice in their life or periodically. Because and that it, whole, it's a moment where... Go ahead. Oh, and then that whole stupid logic of... I ain't trying to tell no stranger my business... Come on, man, stop. stop. I hate when people right. say that. Like, yo, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And then they, they only do is ask you questions. Yeah, they do. That's it. And the thing is, it's sometimes it's good talking to a stranger that don't know you, that don't judge you, that's not going to tell you what you think they're going to tell you. Like, sometimes your family and your friends say things to you because they know that you need to hear or they don't. Like, they tell you what they think. And They'll give you, you biased answers. Out of their life. Yeah. They, yep. they, you might need to talk to someone that's just completely objective, that has no judgment towards you. That's like, what? And you know, you're trying to analyze it, you know? And I, I, I'm a fan of it, man. I think everybody should go. And their uh, line of questioning just, is geared to get information that you didn't even know you had in you out. You may think their line of questioning is stupid, but their line of questioning is geared to get you to say and figure things out from, like you said, childhood. There may have been one isolated thing that happened to you when you were 16 that is bothering you still to this day, and you had no idea. But the therapist, the line of questioning, taking you back and figure that out. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. And some and a good therapist will have you think you might fix your own shit on your own and don't even realize it. You be like, Oh I'm telling you self awareness and self discovery is a powerful thing. You be like, Wait, what? I just yo well, <laughs> I don't know if y'all listening, you've been to therapy, you sitting there and they ask you questions. And you start talking like you just pause and be like, Yo, yo <laughs> <laughs> you just have a light bulb moment. Like, oh crap, yo, I should've never. Maybe I should've. And you just start, you start fixing yourself, man. And that's somebody that don't even know mm-hmm. you. You done came them to and help for, you fix yourself. And for my married people out there, yes. seek counseling before it's too late. Do not be scared. Yes. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Yeah, I think you should go to counseling when you're dating, to be honest. <laughs> I, I mean, it, 
it, I mean, if you, when you're serious, like, if y'all just dating and y'all about to move in, I think you should go, like, before you get married. You, I think you should have a session when you're about to move in so y'all can get y'all insecurities, all that stuff out, and then you live together. You got to make that proposal, and then you have another, you know, premarital session, and then you have another one, and a consistent marriage session. I think while you marry, I think you should go to counseling all the time. I just, at least once a year, twice a year, a couple times. I don't know. Because you change. It's real. <sighs> yeah. This topic is one real. Thing I have realized, I'm so glad we had this topic I, here. Yeah. One thing I have realized is that. <sighs> Everybody does not know how to handle this thing we call life. Bottom line, everybody does not know how to handle it. Some people handle it like a champ. Some people fool like cars. Yeah. Absolutely. This this thing called life is real serious. And... Life mm-hmm. is kicking people out, apparently. Yeah. It is. It is. And, and you know, it's so important having a strong network of people. Um, just, just, you know, sometimes you just got to let people go to be free, man. And I've learned that oh. the hard way. Yes, and you'd be surprised how bad people in your life can really contribute to your mood. And your behaviors and your actions, you know what I'm saying? And it, it's just, it's just important to really think about who is who you're putting in your circle. And I think that's the my my message on top of the message tonight. You know, is don't have people put themselves in your circle. You will be in control of who you put in your circle. I think that's the best way I could describe. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <sighs> well, see, we haven't talked, uh, you know, before we transition out on, on this topic. But we haven't talked much about what your thoughts are on the finals. Did you watch the final game of the Warriors and the Cavs? Uh, basically, everybody knew this was going to happen. Did anybody think it was going to be a clean sweep? No, I thought they were going to win at least one game. It didn't happen. Clean sweep. The Warriors are the best team I've ever seen with my eyes. Um, where's LeBron going to go next season? Nobody knows. Uh, but it's going to be very interesting to see where he ends up. Because wherever he, he ends if he goes to the West, it's clear and it's obvious he's going to Houston. Uh, if he comes to the East, it's, it's, he can literally take, he can drag the carcasses of any East team back to the finals. But he's not going to be able to beat the Warriors or Houston in the finals. But, you know, that remains to be seen. Yeah. It's uh, I watched the game and I thought it was an embarrassment. Um, but you know, I, I'm I, you know, it, one person can't do it all, man. I think 
whatever team he goes to, because this will be the eighth appearance, ninth. If he goes and it's nine appearances in the finals or the playoffs or whatever the stat was, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it, it, he's been there a lot, you know, and and here's the situation. Whatever team he goes to, and they get there, he, I mean, is he going to be known as the playoff killer? Like, he just be taking teams to the playoffs and don't get them? Yeah, <laughs> like, hey, listen, like I said, he'll drag the carcass of a team to the finals. He'll just destroy all the East teams or whatever by himself. But when he goes up against, you know, a complete team, he can only do but so much. Like, it's... Yeah. You know? Like, he, like... He yeah. single-handedly beat Toronto himself, you know. But you're not yeah. able to do that with the Warriors, like. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. And that's just the truth. We have what two months left to football season starts, right? Yo, oh my God! Many camps just ended. Now the players got six weeks. Until training camp, and then that's when we get we get down to business. That's when we get down to business. Yes, yes, I look forward to it, man. And I was so happy. I, I want to just point out that the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl ring is very pretty, and I like it. And it's very nice it with the, the emeralds. And it was the, the worst ring I've ever seen. You know. First of all, first of all, the ring is beautiful, okay? It's, it's got the emeralds and the diamonds and the little L and the little, you know, train. I don't know why you like it. You had no support of your team last year, but it's okay. First of all, first of all, first, we're not going to talk about that. Run the tape. First of all, first of all, we're not going to dwell on the past, and I'm not going to say I didn't have faith in my team. What I said was I was nervous about my team because I've been it's, – it's stressful. It's stressful being an Eagles fan, okay? Stressful. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and it's 83 days, 21 hours, 41, 47 minutes and three seconds until the NFL season begins. Yeah. Just to put it in perspective. I hope y'all enjoyed the show, man. Say, Kate, did you enjoy the show? I know I did. I, I did. This topic was needed. The conversation needs to be had. You know what I'm saying? We need to continue these conversations with our kids, with our teens, with our spouses, with our husbands, with our aunts, uncles, our elderly. Yo, our elderly out here trying to take their lives, man. Like, come on now. Go and let great grandma do it. Blowing my like, mind, man. That's blowing my mind out here, man. Grandparents, 50, retirement age, like, you want to take your life. Like, I got nothing else to live for. And, and it's just, it's just, it's scary. But we need to be proactive and just be listening ears sometimes. Sometimes you got to call people and just listen. Don't say nothing. Let them get it out. Yo, real quick, I want to present this yeah. out because it just hit me in my head. When a 60-70-year-old man or woman loses their spouse to the point where they want to commit suicide, is it because they made that person their absolute 100% everything? So is that does that mean that we shouldn't make our spouses our complete everything for in these situations? 
if we lose that person, we'll still have something because we didn't lose our everything. Is that what does that what that means? You I, I got, yeah, I got two perspectives on it. I, I agree that could be it. And then, if you, if you're, let's say you're eighty or seven, you know, eighty, and you married that person at twenty, that's sixty years with some with one person. Like I think spending sixty years, and you might have known them maybe sixty-five years or whatever, right? That person is probably like your best friend. That person probably knows you more than you know yourself as you know them. But mm-hmm. so I guess it's like if you have a twin and you your twin dies, it's like a connection that can't be replaced and you don't know how to get it back. I don't know if it's that kind of separation anxiety that happens or, or like you said, that person is just everything to that other person. But I think the key is with marriage, and I'm not married, but I think it's so important to have your individualism along with the marriage so that you don't right. feel that you depend on yeah. them forever. Because a lot of people don't have that individualism. It's like we, Sarah, they we have a make their whole world. Yeah, they There's make like their whole world about the other one. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. Because 60 60 years with one person is a long ass time. That's that's like that's crazy. Like I, I was just with my homegirl from Jersey. We went to the uh, the Jerk Festival in DC this weekend, this past weekend. And I asked, "How long you and your your husband been together?" And she was like, "Yo, I've known this dude like 20 years. Mind you, they've been married like 15 years." So we're the same right. age, so but 37, 38. So they knew each other. Like, they known each other since they were 14. They got, they've been officially together since they were 18. You know what I'm saying? So it's like 20 years. And she said her husband was like, yo, I know you longer than I've been by myself. I've been with you longer than I've been a single person. Like, when you put shit like that in perspective, and she was like, yo, dang, like, I can't get rid of you. Like, you know. And she was like, when they've been through their ups and downs, she's like, y'all be wanting to choke the shit out of him sometimes. But the fact that they've been friends for, since they were 14, like, and they've been married, like, 20, like, that's a long time. And they 30. Well, imagine when they, like, 60, 60, you know, that's 80 years. <laughs> that's a long time you with somebody, right. like, <laughs> you know. So when he said that to her, like, I've been with you longer than I've been by myself. It, that's perspective if they, like, started dating or whatever at 14. Like, that's crazy. But I guess it that, but they still have their individual lives, though. You know what I'm saying? You got to have their separation. That's crazy, though. It's something to think about. And you're a, a, a soon-to-be divorcee, so that's something that, you know, you got to reflect on. Yeah, yeah, I ain't doing this shit again, I'll tell you that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, gosh, I can't, yo, I can't. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys enjoyed the show, because I know we did. And, you know, we're going to end this, end this show 
out on a song. I think that's just good, Mary. You want to end this on a positive note. Check on your loved ones and your, your great-grandma and great-grandpa and all the people out there. The kids. No, let's check on our babies. Our babies can't be taking their lives, man, because that's just so heartbreaking. So this song, JT, is one of my sister's favorite remixes. One of my sister's like, yo, this is one of my favorite remixes. And she said when she hears it, it does something to her and she loves it. And this is Missy Elliott, Hot Boys with with Eve and Nas. And mind you, Nas dropped the album and it's and it's dope. Just want to put that out there. Um, yeah, my sister's like, yo, every time I hear this remix, I think, you know, this is a side note. I just had an ADHD moment. JT, and I know you're going to appreciate this. You should do a show of the best remixes. That's like going to be tough. But, yeah, let's do it. With that, I think that we might do that. Let's do that next week. The hottest remixes of all time. And we could talk about why... These songs were the hottest remixes of all time. Like hip hop, R and B remixes, you know, collab remix, whatever. Just the hottest. So we gonna have to get remix. the ladies and gentlemen. We gonna need your input on Facebook and Twitter and everything with this one. Yes, the hottest remixes of all time. We gonna we gonna start it on social media. We gonna post it on Twitter, Instagram, and and and, and Facebook. We wanna know. We gonna prepare. We gonna play. The hottest remixes of all time. We gonna pick the top, play them, discuss them, and, and break it down. I think I think you know. Shout out to my sister for saying this is one of her favorite remixes and one of her favorite tracks. So, Hot Boys, Eve, Missy, do that. We'll catch that next week. Love on somebody. Mental illness is real. This is for my ghetto motherfuckers. Uh. Uh, 40 size selling, selling the machine, Extra bar, TV all bite, I'm switching gears, headlights, shine so bright, bitches screams like this. Some fiends want that D boy, fed sending decoy, pack that heat boy, push you where you rest in peace boy, hit your mama's house, shot up, bodies all chopped up, when them bodies pop up, I ain't getting locked up, my Bentley cruise the block with the sunroof top, hood rat jumping on my jock, cause I blew up the spot, crushing your bins, crushing your Navigator system, my QBT Make y'all niggas touch your shit in It's nice in your area Queen about to tear it up Brave heart, y'all scared of us Real niggas, baby, yeah What's your name? Cause I'm impressed Can you treat me good? I will settle for less You a hot boy A rock boy A fun toy A glock boy Where you live? By yourself Can I move with you? Do you need some help?
Dumbness, hit it till it's numbness. Hot boy, hot boy. 